A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. On that day, they will sing this song in the land of Judah. A strong city have we. He sets up walls and ramparts to protect us. Open up the gates to let in a nation that is just, one that keeps faith. A nation of firm purpose you keep in peace, in peace for its trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is an eternal rock. He humbles those in high places, and the lofty city he brings down. He tumbles it to the ground, levels it with the, with the dust. It is trampled underfoot by the needy, by the footsteps of the poor. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. <clears throat> Open to me the gates of justice. I will enter them and give thanks to the Lord. This gate is the Lord's, the just shall enter it. I will give thanks to you, for you have answered me and have been my savior. O Lord, grant salvation. O Lord, grant prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Dominus vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Jesus said to his disciples, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, 
the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. And everyone who listens to these words of mine but does not act on them will be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rains fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, and it collapsed and was completely ruined. Bebum Domini. There's a rather, rather amusing older video that I came across online of a father who conducts an experiment with his kids to demonstrate the words of Jesus in today's gospel. And so using Lincoln logs, they construct two houses inside a sandbox, one of which is set upon a flat stone surface and the other upon a flat raised section of sand. And the father then has his kids turn on a garden hose with a spray nozzle and has them alternate spraying the house in the rock and then the house in the sand. So they go back and forth spraying each of the houses with water. And almost from the outset, you can see that the house on the sand begins shifting while the other house remains firmly in place. And eventually the sand beneath the house becomes so saturated that it completely deforms the foundation and the Lincoln logs collapse into a pile. The other house on the rock continues to stay in the same place. And in fact, it does not budge at all. You know, even as they continue to spray water at it, it, it stays right in place. And the kids are, of course, really, ex really excited, and they're getting into this as they see the one house collapse, and so they try with all their might to get the other one to collapse as well. And this gives the kids a great visual representation of a very important message from our Lord to his disciples. When they find themselves in times of trouble, distress, hardship, and temptation, they can call to mind this image of the house built solidly upon a rock and rededicate themselves to acting on the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking to a great crowd of people to whom he has just delivered this, his Sermon on the Mount. And there are many beautiful teachings in the sermon, especially the Beatitudes. His listeners can easily become entranced by the loftiness of his teachings, while at the same time, they can be severely challenged by them. And he teaches them that he has come to fulfill the law and the prophets, and that they are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. At the same time, he also warns them against being angry with their brother and hurling insults, against looking at a woman lustfully, against divorce, swearing false oaths, and, and taking retaliation or revenge. He teaches them to love their enemies, to pray for those who persecute them, to be perfect as their heavenly Father is perfect. He teaches them to give alms without seeking attention, to pray in secret without making a show of it, and to fast without looking gloomy and depressed. He teaches them not to store up their treasures on earth, but in heaven, to serve only one master in heaven, 
and to not be anxious about earthly things. He teaches them not to judge others, lest they be judged, to refrain from giving what is holy to dogs or throwing their pearls before swine. He tells them to ask, seek, and knock in prayer, and they will receive, to enter by the narrow gates, and to beware of false prophets who can be recognized by their fruits. These teachings might sound nice to his hearers, yet they are completely useless if they are never put into practice. And Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, paying lip service to Jesus is not enough. It's not enough to simply talk about Jesus, tell others how much we love Jesus, put Christian bumper stickers on our cars, carry a rosary in our hand, or do anything else that constitutes merely superficial gestures. Our Lord even says to the crowd, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. And while this might sound harsh coming from the Lord, he's talking about those who think that they can get away with doing a few good works in Jesus' name while at the same time disobeying his teaching in other areas. We are mistaken if we think that we can simply do a few good deeds and that this will cover up our negligence towards his other teachings. So that our house of faith might be established solidly upon a rock, it is crucial that we strive to follow the fullness of our Lord's teaching. Our Lord knows that we will not follow him perfectly. He knows that none of us are perfect but that we should make a good faith effort to put all of his teachings into practice without intentionally setting any aside. He is always very patient and merciful with us, and we always have that assurance of his mercy. But we should not, however, be cafeteria Catholics who pick and choose the, the, which things we will obey while ignoring other things that are too inconvenient for us. If we follow Christ's teaching on divorce, then we should also obey his teaching on loving our enemies and praying for them. If we obey his teaching on not looking at a woman lustfully, then we should also obey his teaching on not judging others. If we hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice, then we should also strive to be merciful and to be peacemakers. It is in striving to obey the full body of Christ's teaching that we build our house solidly upon a rock. Otherwise, we risk collapsing from the shifting sands of our own emotions and feelings, the emotions of others, the manipulation or emotional manipulation of others, our personal preferences, our popular culture, or public opinion. And we can follow the example of the saint whose feast we celebrate today, St. Ambrose. He was a bishop, an early father of the church, and a doctor of the church, who is renowned for his virtues, especially of charity 
humility, and poverty of spirit. His humility is especially manifested when he was elected by his people to become Bishop of Milan. And he was so repulsed by the idea of being made a bishop that he refused to, at first, to accept the office and even tried to hide from it. He later accepted the office reluctantly, even though he lacked any proper preparation for the office. You know, he, had, he didn't have any seminary training or anything to enter into this office. He was baptized since it was customary in, that, in those days to delay baptism until later in life, and then he was ordained a bishop eight days later. And his first act as a bishop was to renounce all worldly goods. And since he had previously served as the governor of Milan, he likely would have had many goods to divest. He gave his personal property over to the poor and provided for the needs of the church and for his own sister. And in acting this way, he set an example that many of his successors would also follow. And his oration skills contributed to the conversion of St. Augustine, and his teaching helped to correct the errors of the Arian heresy. And so we can look to St. Ambrose as someone who truly strove to obey Christ in all things, who strove to obey the entirety of Christ's teaching, and who truly loved and shepherded his people under his care. He served Christ not only through his words of preaching and teaching and his life of prayer, but also by his example of Christian charity.